It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to another emergency edition of Sports Beat After Hours. I am your host, Hamahamuli Jr., and I'm here with the other host, Zachary Hicken. I'm, I'm just sweet free that we're back. Sports are back. Sports Beat After Hours is back. Mm. All feels somewhat normal in the world. Somewhat. Yes. Somewhat. Somewhat. But. Yeah, uh, we just wrapped up watching. Well, I mean, a few hours ago, watched up, wrapped up watching the Jazz game, the Lakers Clippers game, two two point games to mm-hmm. start off the NBA season. Man, it just feels good to see NBA games that count. Like I was just telling you that I'm gonna be up all night. Like I just have oh, so yeah. much adrenaline. Wired. Like I'm kind of wired. Yeah. Like it's a it's not quite midnight yet, but it's pretty late and. I'm, like, not tired at all. Yeah. Same here. It was so good to see, amongst all the players, Rudy Gobert getting it done on the floor. Um, I'm just so happy. And it looks like him and Donovan, at least the tandem, haven't lost a step. The Jazz are a little bit rusty, you could tell, just mm-hmm. from watching that game. But it does, I don't care. It was great watching live basketball. Well, it was the first time that a lot of these guys really got a full – game playing experience they obviously played the three scrimmage games right but like they weren't playing they weren't going out and rolling them out for more than like 25 26 minutes a night yeah. like i think they were playing about 24 is what they were capped at yeah all of a sudden they go into night and the five starters royce plays 35 minutes rudy 34 mike conley 34 joe 32 donovan 36 um and then jordan clarkson coming off the bench playing 32 minutes yeah um so that's a lot of minutes for your main six guys that are really going to contribute. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they kind of have to find a way to fill the, the void that Bojan left. Yeah. And the one of the ways that they looked to do that was three-point shooting. And <laughs> they had a lot of volume three-point shooting, but right. not a lot of volume in the makes. Right. Eight for 34, that's 23.5%. Is that concerning to you? Um. No, I think that's something we can throw away just because it's the first game after oh, 120 days without mm-hmm. playing a basketball. It's they weren't bad looks, like they weren't taking bad shots. They just weren't making the shots they were taking. And so I think I chalk that up to rust. I chalk it up to it's a it's a different it's a new experience. Um, this whole bubble thing. And so I'm going to give it another game, maybe two games if they play better as a whole this next game um, before I start to, to get panicky. Yeah, let me give you a couple numbers. Two for seven, two for seven, one for eight. Yeah. That's Royce, Mike, and then Jordan Clarkson. Yeah. They're shooting from beyond the arc. Clarkson, I expected, like, you got to get a little bit more from him. The thing that... um. I was kind of disappointed in that we saw it was Joe only shot three three-pointers. I was expecting maybe to see him shoot a little bit more. Yeah, we talked about this earlier. Just like we thought that he would have to shift his role a little bit just because they're missing Bojan. Yeah, so I thought he'd play more of like a um, kind of like a four uh-huh. rather than he's like been playing like a like a like the one um, or like the three just depending on like who's on the court with him. Right. So I was expecting maybe, like, yeah, defensively, like, Royce is going to play the four, like, if they're on the court together. But um, some sort of 3-4 combo yeah. where he um, could get some looks, um, like, set up in the wing and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Or, sorry, in the corner. Um, but, yeah, I, I liked what we saw from uh, from Donovan. 20 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists. That's a pretty good game. One thing hasn't changed in the four months off, like he's still a closer in the fourth quarter. He scored eight of the final 10 points for sure. 
Um, and then Rudy scored the final two points. He iced the game, which was yeah. pretty cool. Um, it came off of actually talking about that connection that you mentioned earlier. Um, the two had a pair of lobs in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it looks like that communication's still there. Um, Donovan's looking for opportunities to get Rudy the ball. Yes. And then you even saw that on that final play. Donovan drove, and he dumps the ball off to Rudy because Rudy had a better shot. Rudy gets fouled by Faves. Yeah. And he it was a good foul, throws. by the way. And it, yeah, it was a good f- if If one of the – I mean, who would you rather have taking free throws, Donovan or Rudy? Exactly. And so, yeah, when – and I, I think they, I think Donovan made the right decision yeah. to dump that off. And you know what? It's going to have Rudy happy because what was Rudy asking for all season all leading season. up to the All-Star break? Pass me the ball. Pass, Pass me the, the ball. ball. <laughs> you know? And so I feel like Donovan's done a really good job of trying to find opportunities for Rudy. Yeah. And it's opening up avenues for everyone else. It's opening up opportunities for Mike. Yes. Um, it's going to open up opportunities for Donovan. It's going to open up opportunities for Clarkson. Clarkson's a guy who's just going to take as many as he oh, can. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and and um, dude, Royce, too. It opens up a lot of opportunities for him. That's the thing is, like, I feel like this Jazz team is, like, recognizing, not that they didn't recognize Rudy's talent or whatever before. I'm just saying that now they're like, okay, we need to run the offense at Rudy, right? Um, yeah through Donovan or Mike or whoever's on the floor, but you got to get Rudy the ball. You got to get the big man banging in the paint. And they, I think they did that, which is why I'm not concerned. Like you said, the Rudy um, offense was opening up a lot of opportunities for the other guys. Mm-hmm. They weren't making them, which kind of sucks, but um, they still got the W at the end. And hopefully the next game they, they tighten up that shooting. Yeah. One of the things that really surprised me in the game, though, um, so obviously the big story of the last couple of weeks, like in the NBA as a whole, was Zion Williamson leaving the bubble. Well, right. actually, it's one of the two. We'll talk <laughs> about another guy that left the bubble later. Um, I texted you when I saw that come down yeah. while you were in Denver, and I was just like, dude, we need a podcast about <laughs> this. Uh, but Zion left the bubble to attend to a family emergency, and yeah. there was questions about whether he'd be back for scrimmage games, if he'd be back for the season opener. Um, how they were going to handle like his whole quarantine situation once he came back, mm-hmm. the testing, all that stuff. And so he cleared quarantine because he never tested positive while he was outside of the bubble. Yeah. Um, and so what happened was he was able to come back, but he'd never played in any, um, excuse me, in any scrimmage games. So all of a sudden they um, have to throw him in his first playing experience in yeah. almost five months is this game against the Jazz, and they only play him 15 minutes. And I was very surprised. Crazy. You look at where New Orleans is in the standings. Like, they need to win every single game that they have remaining. Um, sorry, I'm just pulling up the uh, the standings right now. Um, so they are currently sitting in 11th place, um, and they are... Four games back from the eight, eight seed. Okay. The schedule was set up for the Pelicans. Like the NBA, literally, you look at the schedule. <laughs> right. It was set up for the Pelicans to make a run. Yes. To get an opportunity to play in the playoffs, because um, their next games, uh, they're going to play. Okay, the Clippers, then the Grizzlies, the Kings, the Wizards, the Spurs, the Kings, and the Magic. <laughs> so they pl- have one game left. Against a team over 500. Right. And so, yeah, they get tested a little bit against the Jazz, but like the Jazz and Pelicans, you know, they've battled tight all season yes. without Zion in the lineup. Right. And all of a sudden, you have him back. And I was telling you earlier, he's the only, like, like don't get this wrong. I think John Morant is great. I right. think John Morant is the unanimous rookie of the year because of what he accomplished in the time frame he accomplished it. Zion didn't play the entire season. Zion scares the hell out of me. Yeah. Zion as a rookie is an impact player that can change a game. For sure. And I don't want to mess with that. I don't want him on the court as an opponent. Right. So looking at that, it's a huge mismatch. Who on the Jazz roster is going to defend this guy who's 285 pounds of solid muscle. Mm-hmm. And that's probably underselling right. a lot of pounds, yeah. a, lo- a lot of he the LBs. a lot. 
He's strong. thick. He's strong. He's like thick. Rudy's, you know, Rudy's going to have some man strength just because of his maturity. Mm-hmm. And but like they're not going to bang down in the post all game long. Like right. Rudy's not going to be able to handle that. No, not not fifty minutes of that. Exactly. Non-stop. And so I was blown away. You know, we're watching this game, and he's only played fifteen minutes, and we get to like the five minute left, five minute, five and a half minutes left. They don't put him in. Yeah. Four minutes in, he's still not in. I'm like, okay, maybe they're going to put him in for the final two minutes. We get to like two minutes, no. Under two minutes, no. Yeah. They don't even put him in for the final play. They don't draw something up for him. And I get that like Ingram's great. Like that's probably the guy that you want to go to. Yeah, you want the ball in his hands at the end. You want the ball in his hands, but man, it opens things up for him if Zion's on the court, man. Right. And... I was just really surprised with how they have eight games to play. They're four games back. They probably realistically need to win six games right, to make the playoffs or at least get that play-in game. Every game counts. You can't throw away a game like this. And I think that if they play Zion down the stretch, then they're going to win that game. It's It makes you really wonder what they were doing, like, as far as the coaching goes. Like, okay, on the one hand... This Pelicans team is good. Like, give them two years and they're going to be scary. They have, like, so many good players um, that are young and they just need time to develop. Okay. But you look at them, like you said, in the season before, like, tight games, won and lost in the last few seconds. Um, Why aren't they putting in Zion? Why aren't they? Yeah, I just have no idea. Do you think... Every every reason I can think of, it doesn't make sense, right? Like, right. you know, maybe this the Jazz arguably were the toughest team on their schedule. Maybe they just threw this game away. No, I don't think the Pelicans would do that. Um, so yeah, I have no idea. But the Jazz almost lost that game, even with uh, Zion only playing a few minutes. And uh, yeah, I don't even know what to think. All I know is that the Jazz look good uh, for the condition and the state of this of this tournament. Yeah, I think so too. And I think, um, I mean, it's not like they have a super easy road ahead of them. Um, their remaining schedule, like I personally, I think the jazz just need to find a way to jockey where they're going to end up in the standings yeah. right now. They're sitting at the four seed. Um, they're going to play OKC in the first round. Um, I actually kind of like that. I don't know how you feel about it. I kind of like that. Um, I, t- I prefer it over the Rockets. That matchup. Yes, absolutely. I don't want to play the Rockets. I want yeah. no part of the Rockets. But, like, so they play the Thunder next. So that could kind of be give the Jazz an idea of, like, where they want to, mm-hmm. if they want to try and maneuver and manipulate the standings. They also play the Lakers, Grizzlies, Spurs, Nuggets, Mavs, and Spurs again. Yeah. So some teams that have given them some trouble with, like, the Grizzlies and the Spurs and the Nuggets, actually, this season. The Nuggets have been really tough yeah. for them. They've kind of dominated the Mavs this year but like the Lakers that'll give them a good test um and the Thunder will as well but yeah I mean so you look at where things are with um with the Western Conference standings if the Jazz move up they're a game back from Denver right now if they move up and Houston stays at the sixth seed then it's Jazz Rockets in the first round again you know and so like the thing that would really stink about that, I don't know. I mean, Eric Gordon's potentially hurt. We don't know how yeah. long he's going to be out. If he's out for the remi- remainder of the bubble, the resumption of the season, you know, that could benefit the Jazz. For sure. Um, but, yeah. But, but again, just, Westbrook and Harden look really good. And so. Yeah. And so it's going to be really interesting, you know, what the Jazz try and do. I just. I don't want another year of no, Houston and like, especially with like, you don't get the home court advantage. Right. Like that's such a big factor in, in this, like realistically, like the jazz have clinched a playoff seed. Like right. if they lose every single game, they will still make the playoffs. So yeah, I mean, you're not going to get any benefit right? in any way. I mean, maybe they'll do something where like your M you get a home crowd MC or something. <laughs> they play the, your crowd on the speakers. Right. And they actually have done that with like some of these, like the quote unquote home teams. Like they put like their PA announcer yeah. over the thing. And like, right. I, but like maybe they do something where like you get to play your music louder or like, right. I don't know. I, 
so we were talking, and I've seen this a lot on Twitter, like, this just kind of looks like NBA 2K. Yeah. So maybe, like, you get, like, some sort of, like, momentum bonus points. Like, if you score, like, on five straight possessions, you get a bonus. No, dude. And you get, like, over the, over the, over the overhead speakers, bonus. You, uh, you have, <laughs> what you need to do is have social media, like, some hashtag that triggers, like, you know, the, the images around the player shooting a free throw to shake. Yeah. Like, and so everyone just tweets something and then it shakes the, the crowd. Oh, dude. That'd be cool. That'd be know. interesting. Did you see the, um, there was a, a picture I saw on Twitter. It was from Roger Sherman of the ringer. Um, so there's the fan video boards that yes. they kind of show like the fans interacting and stuff like that in the MLS, um, in the MLS's back tournament, uh-huh. They had just one fan on the Jumbotron, <laughs> and it looked <laughs> like Doctor Evil. And dude, it was the funniest thing ever. Like, uh, I feel like if you put like something like that up, like just behind, and just like one dude. Oh yeah, and, like right behind the backboard, Big Thunder. Yeah, Absolutely. Big Thunder. Like that would be so distracting. Um, sure. Yeah, that would be. I don't know. I feel like there's some ways the NBA, like they the NBA, is really smart. Like, yeah, out of all the leagues that have stuff going on right now, like. The NBA has done it right, right so far. Right. And, uh, I mean, not to take away, the MLS has been really good. The tournament was very well run. The NWSL tournament was very well run. Mm-hmm. But that was kind of like a temporary solution as they got prepared to restart their season. Yeah. I mean, the MLB is just kind of a dumpster fire right now. That's the thing, man. Dude, on Monday, I thought the season was going to get canceled. <laughs> And I guess that kind of gives us an opportunity to transition. Do we want to talk any more jazz or are we good? I think we're good. That's yeah. the main points. And I'm just excited for the jazz to keep playing. Yeah. Yeah, I am too. It's been it's been so fun, like, having these scrimmage games. And I guess this was kind of like your first taste because you've been out of town. Yeah. And um, so it it just feels like even though it's like, you know, we're not across the street at the arena. Yeah, we're not hanging out there till two in the morning. We're not in the locker room. Like it just kind of feels like L- some normal. semblance of normal, yeah. and so it's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, what's been going on with the MLB is kind of crazy. Like I was really, so I wasn't excited for this baseball season. Right, my all-time favorite baseball player, like ever, yeah. ever, yeah, just got traded from my favorite team. Mookie Betts got traded to the Dodgers, and I was just, I was really disappointed. Right. Um. And so I've like joked about not caring about baseball anymore. I still care, but uh, I was excited once baseball started back up. And, you know, like Matt and I last week, we like sat and watched the Red Sox game on opening day on Friday. Uh Um, It's been a rough go since, but (laughs) uh, (laughs) I think they lost like four straight after that. But like, man, it was cool to like see baseball back and like, you know, all these players like Aaron Judge looks great. Giancarlo Stanton, Mike Trout. And all of a sudden, I wake up Monday to a coronavirus outbreak in the Marlins clubhouse. Dude. And I think at that point, it was 11 players. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. I was like, this is bad. This is really bad because they're already on a shortened season. Mm -hmm. Like, they're condensing it. Like, how do you make up these games? It looks like they're trying to figure out, you know, they're going to do some doubleheaders, some seven-inning doubleheaders, stuff like that. But, man, I just... It scared me because I was like, this is bad news for the rest of sporting leagues. It's bad news for the NFL. It's bad news for college. Like, anyone who's not going to be in a bubble, this is really scary. That's the thing. They should just just sell the team. Put them somewhere else. (laughs) The Salt Lake Marlins. Oh, yeah. Should I whisper that louder? The Salt Lake Marlins? Dude, their colors (laughs) are close to the gulls. Yeah. It'd be easy transition. Yeah, I like it. Um, Yeah, other than that, dude, like another ex- Red Sox player had quite the uh, shining moment. Uh, freaking Joe Kelly. Oh, dude. <laughs> that was awesome. That was awesome. Sorry, I didn't know where you were going with that for yeah, a second. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, dude, I love Joe Kelly because um, he kind of became like this. So him and um, him and uh, Carson Smith and then who was the other guy? Uh, Matt Barnes. Mm-hmm. They were kind of the three middle relief pitchers for the Red Sox. They were kind of a tandem for like 2017, 2018 that you'd see almost every game. Heath Hembry yeah. was in there too. And Joe Kelly was like my favorite because he just, he threw fireballs, dude. Yeah. 
like this guy could throw like 101 plus. Jeez. Easy if he wanted to. And he's fiery. Like he's out there wearing like the see-through, like the clear Oakley glasses. Uh-huh. Like he kind of has like a little bit of a wild thing from like yeah, major league, sure. you know? That's what I was saying. And so too. like he's just kind of, you know, he's kind of wild. Like, care. Yeah. Like he, he shows a lot of personality on the, on the mound, which is a lot of fun. Like I loved cheering for him when he was yeah. a Red Sox, but um, yeah, he, uh, so I, I'm totally like anti Astros. I hate the Astros. Like I think everyone does. Like, like screw those guys. Like what they did was super messed up. And yeah, you know I know that the Red Sox were involved with it, but like they weren't blatantly doing it as bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna justify uh, it for nice. what the Red Sox did. Um, they didn't win a. They didn't win a. Sorry, a World Series. Well, they did win a World Series. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Because so the the Astros won it in 2017, and then their uh, assistant coach Alex Cora got hired by the Red Sox, and then they won it the next year in 2018. So they proved they proved that it was the cheating with the Red Sox. So also? they didn't say necessarily that they he w- it was involved with the Red Sox, but Alex okay. Cora got banned from baseball for one. Year. Okay. Well, I just thought it was like. They're like, oh, that's a bad look for that dude. Yeah. I didn't know, like... The thing that's funny is, like, no, nothing really ever came out of the Red Sox investigation. Not, like, what came out of the Astros investigation. Right. Where you saw the wires, and they talked about them, and they... Yeah. 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 And so... And, like, the thing that really bothered me about it is, like, the Astros weren't really ever remorseful. Right. Like, they lied about it, even after they were caught. Mm -hmm. Um, And... I, I don't know. I just I'm not a big fan of Rob Manfred. Right. And him going and like not punishing them and then his response to why he didn't punish them. Oh, it's just a piece of metal. Yeah. That's Dude, weird. you're the you're the commissioner of Major League Baseball. You can't say that about your sport. Like right. he's just so his background's kind of interesting. He was like a labor lawyer um for Major League Baseball. Um and so he doesn't like really have like the same background in baseball is like, you know, uh, like even Bud Selig, who was like an owner, you know, yeah. um, and or he's like not a former player. Like he w- he got involved in baseball because it was a job that he got. Right. He didn't get involved in baseball because he loved it. He's not like Adam Silver, you know, yeah, um, or David Stern, you know, like both great commissioners um, that really loved basketball, uh-huh. wanted to grow their sport. But yeah, he's just real. He's just been a dumpster fire. And so, you know what? He doesn't punish the Astros for blatantly cheating. Yeah. And because of that, you know, players are going to self-police. And sure. there's been self-policing in baseball for a long time. Yeah. Like, there's the unwritten rules. If you break them, you're going to be thrown at. You know, if you kind of pimp out a home run, if you throw your bat, if you stunt, if you show off, whatever, you're going to be thrown at. And so, Joe Kelly is a guy who has some fire in his stomach. And, you know, like, he – was it Correa he struck out, I think? And then he throws at Altuve and Bregman? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, I do not blame him one bit for doing that. I think it's kind of bull that he got um, – Fined or whatever. Well, he got suspended eight games. That's 13% of the season. Yeah. In a regular season, that's true. 22 games. That's true. So, yeah. I think that – They should have matched the season. And, like, and guess what? What? He got – um, suspended more games than the entire Astros team combined. <laughs> Who cheated? Yeah. Okay. So I just think it was kind of a weak punishment to come out, and you know what? Like, if you don't like that, if you don't like that, people are going to throw at the Astros. Punish them. Right. Right. So it doesn't because this yet. is going to happen all season. Right. This is going to happen all season. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm. I just I don't really like where any of that really ended up. Yeah. I'm fine with people in this situation throwing at people. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm usually not because I don't want people to get injured. But like in this situation, like <laughs> throw at them. Like, well, it's great because like who did they? I don't remember who the pitcher was. The next, the next time, at least from what I saw on social media, Altuve was up at bat again, and someone threw a curveball and he like ducked, but it was a 
was a strike. Yeah, and, and, and the, the broadcaster goes, oh, yeah, that's what happens when you don't know what's coming. Right, huh? when you guess or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's just, that's funny to watch. The payoff, that's the payoff, and I love it. Yeah, for um, sure. But anyways, that's, dude, it's just nice to have real sports to talk about. Yeah. I actually have one thing I want to talk about. We're going to take a quick break, but we're going to tell you when we come back where to get the best wings when you're in Atlanta. We'll be right back. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. All right, Hema, I'm a big wing fan. You're a big wing fan. Yes. Um, any wing companies that want to sponsor Sportsbeat After Hours, we're open. Our DMs slide are open. In. Slide right in. Um, I'm a big fan of Bone-In. Me too. Um, I like the flats. I like the drums. I like both of them. Yes. Love them both. I love any type of sauce. I, hey, I, have, I will be a sauce tester, okay? <laughs> oh, dude. If you, want, if you need people to like test your sauce, tell you how hot it is, mm-hmm. if it's good to be served to the general population... It's We're safe. your guys. It can be, it can be as hot as you want. Yeah, we'll still we'll eat, eat a straight up ghost pepper. Yes. Yeah. But Absolutely. speaking of wings, <laughs> we teased it before we went to break. Um, man, one of the most interesting stories to come out of the whole NBA bubble was something that happened outside the bubble. Of course. So, and we talked about it a little bit earlier, but Lou Williams leaves the bubble. Um, to go attend to a, I think it was a family friend's funeral mm-hmm. and all of a sudden pictures show up. Well, I guess it was a video on a Jack Harlow, um, <laughs> his, uh, Instagram of, of Lou Williams and Jack Harlow at a strip club called magic city. <laughs> and everyone's like, what on earth is Lou will doing? Yeah. You know, like. And it comes out, he went to the strip club to order wings because there's wings named after him. They're called <laughs> Lemon Pepper Lou Will. I did not know this. Dude, I have not been legendary. Magic but it's that, legendary. That's crazy. Like, if you had wings named after you, what flavor would they be? Uh, probably something with pineapple in it. <laughs> with, with coconut. Coconut flakes. <laughs> we frightened coconut oil. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but uh, th- yeah, the funniest part of the story too is how Jack Harlow basically he, spilled the beans. He outed him, dude. <laughs> he outed him, and it's like you know, if you're Lou Williams or Jack Harlow, you post something, and even if you delete it like a second later, someone's already screenshotted it. Oh yeah, it's already sure. over for sure. Yeah, and so were the, there were screenshots all over, bro. Um, I think if I let me uh, my my Your flavor. flavor? Would be hick and hot garlic. Okay. Yeah, I like it. That sounds dude, you already have a name for yours? Yeah. Dude, I don't think I haven't started to like <laughs> thought about like starting it's fantasy. Oh, dude, my dream is to open up a chicken restaurant called Hickens Chickens. That sounds dope. Yeah. I like it. Dude, we'll serve every type of chicken. We'll serve it broiled, we'll serve Let's it bri- baked, boiled, grilled, boiled smoked, chicken. Fried. Ugh. Yeah. I'm down for that. Yeah, dude. And all chicken thighs, no chicken breast. Yeah. Ch- yeah. Dude, chicken look, chicken thighs. That's where it's at. Yeah. If you're if you're messing with the chicken breast, you're doing it wrong. For sure. <laughs> for sure. Um anyway, uh yeah, one of the craziest stories like Adam Silver had to go to Magic City, the strip club to investigate. I think Oh, sure he did. Yeah. <laughs> I heard that he conducted like 10 hours worth of interviews. Oh, I'm sure he did. And now Lou Will (laughs) 
is quarantined on the Disney campus for 10 days while his team just started the season. And yeah. guess what? They could have used him tonight because they lost by two points to the Lakers. You know? I hope those chicken breasts or thighs were worth it. Yeah, the chicken wings. Eating. Yeah. God, isn't that just... That's hilarious. Oh. You can't you can't make this stuff up, dude. Like, this is such an... I feel like that's such a unique NBA story. Like, this is what makes yeah. the NBA so unique, you know? So great. Man. Oh, fantastic. And speaking of unique, weird stories... Okay. Can we talk about the on-again, off-again oh, relationship geez. of BYU and the Big 12? I guess we're on again. Maybe. Maybe. Do you want to go to homecoming with me? (laughs) (laughs) Dude, it's like, uh, I thought that was funny, the thing that you uh, tweeted earlier where you crossed out uh, BYU fans holding up a sign that says, we want Bama, and then you crossed out Bama and put anyone. Yeah. (laughs) Just anybody. Yeah. Um, News broke that the SEC is going to an all-conference schedule. I'm shocked. I'm shocked, I, I, I So that news reports came forward yesterday. Um, that this was something that the SEC was looking at, and they officially announced it today. Right. When those reports came out, I was just like, oh, no. Because yeah. you see, so BYU's already had five games canceled. They lose the Mizzou game. That's six games that they've lost on mm-hmm. their schedule. The best schedule that they've ever had in school history. Absolutely. Like, bar none, you get six P5 schools that are all very well-recognized yeah. or recently successful. And all of a sudden you lose it. Like that's that's ten years of work that Tom Holmo's put in to get these games. That this was like Tom Holmo's Sistine Chapel. Like yeah. this is his Mona Lisa, right? And it all just blows away. Yeah. So I think the real Tom Holo, Holmo legacy is going to be how he rebounds from this. Yeah. Like how he turns this giant failure into a into a win. Um, so we'll see what he does. But yeah, like you were saying. BYU just lost a bunch of games. SEC cancels, which, by the way, that's like the last conference I think would cancel. You that, would think would cancel. That's exactly so. Just even the non-conference games, I was very surprised, just because it seems like, you know, they just want their football. Yeah, and so, you know, it kind of surprised me. Now, so the only Power Five conference we haven't heard from. Let's give a rewind for what everyone's done. Okay, Pac-12 non or. Uh, Conference only. Right. Big 10 conference only. ACC conference only plus one. Mm-hmm. Now, the plus one, you can play an at-home or an in-state opponent. Right. So, that gives opportunities for, like... Florida. Um, Florida. Florida State. Well, I guess, actually, like, Florida can't play them. I guess that's true. <laughs> anyway, so it would be, like, Southern Florida. UCF. Florida State. Or UCF <laughs> yeah. Florida State, Something you know? Like or, you know, I think um, Florida State has Boise State on the schedule. Boise State, Boise State can go out to Florida State to Tallahassee. Right. Um, or like, well, I was just going to say another traditional rivalry is is Clemson, South Carolina. They're not going to play, obviously. but right. um, So there's still opportunities for teams to... to there's more flexibility. For yeah, them to make there's work. a little bit more flexibility, and Notre Dame gets invited. Notre Dame is included in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with all of that, there was maybe some thinking... With the Big 12, they haven't announced their decision yet if they're mm-hmm. going to go conference only or still allowed on conference games. So there was some thinking, hey, um, maybe BYU could kind of get like a Notre Dame bargain just for the season with the Big 12. The Big 12 only has 10 teams. Yes, I know that's the weirdest thing ever. Right. <laughs> the Big, the Big 10 12. has 14. <laughs> the Big 12 has 10. <laughs> the Pac-12 does have 12, so they're accurate. Yeah. Um, they're all research schools. Anyways. The SEC um, does not account, so. <laughs> uh, they have ABC number of schools. <laughs> uh, anyway, football just matters more down in the SEC. But So the Big 12, uh, all of a sudden these weird, weird rumors start popping up among like Big 12 media members, like people that cover like Texas and Oklahoma right. and Baylor and Oklahoma State of, hey, why doesn't like – the Big 12, like, figure something out with BYU. Did they just back on that bullshit again? Yeah. So the same stuff we heard. But this kind of makes sense. Right. And let me tell you why. Because the Pac-12 is doing a 10-game conference slate. Um, I believe the Big 10 is doing the same. I don't know if they've announced the number of games that they're playing. But they can play up to 12 if they want to. Right. 
it's likely that you're going to play a minimum of 10. Yeah. Um, the ACC is doing 10 conference games plus one non-conference game. And then uh, I can't remember. Did the SEC announce how many games they're playing or just that they're doing conference only? They, I don't, from what I remember, they don't know how many games they're playing. Okay, they so they could only. go anywhere between 10 and 12. Right. Now, realistically, with the Big 12, they have 10 members. If you do a round-robin schedule, you can only play nine conference games before you start overlapping and playing teams twice. Yes. That's something I think the Big 12 would like to avoid. <laughs> yeah. Um, just because like, it's just like, what if, you, you know. Can't, you can't sell two games. Right, like on TV. Well, just no imagine. Okay, so imagine Oklahoma, Texas, end up playing like the first week or two of the season. Right. Then again, they play again later, but those two also happen to be like the two best teams in the and Big Twelve, they, and they yeah, have to play in the championship game. Yeah. And so, just like something like that, I just feel like wouldn't work. So maybe you could work out some sort of scheduling agreement with an independent like BYU, who just saw their season collapse. Mm-hmm. And you add that and you do a true round robin, you can play 10 games, do some sort of exemption where BYU is not allowed to play in the Big 12 championship game right. if they end up being one of the top two teams. Um, some sort of revenue split where BYU doesn't get any money from like the Big 12 um, like TV package. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, or like the Longhorn Network, but like BYU may have to like pony up some money from right. their ESPN contract, even if it's like an additional like million dollars you know that's another hundred thousand dollars that each school gets um it could be that you know byu has to broadcast games on byu tv Mm -hmm. something like that like something byu can bring a lot to the table in my opinion yeah they they money is not an issue with byu yeah the their tv uh production I don't want to say company, whatever, BYU TV. That's a that's a definite incentive. Well, it's a top-notch company that, you know, they broadcast in full HD. They are nationwide. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not going to be blacked out. You're not going to be restricted yep. in any region. People can access it for free. You can stream it for free on any, like, streaming device. Anywhere. yeah. Like, yeah, it's great. Um, it's It's such a great platform. And, you know, like, this could help. Like, I don't think that BYU is going to earn just straight-up membership out of this. Like, that would just no. be kind of asinine unless, you know, they come in and kick butt and they kind of have to offer them. But I yeah. I don't think that's going to happen. But, you know, it could start some sort of partnership. Even if BYU gets something where they can start scheduling more Big 12 schools, you know. That's, yeah. That's a way to get your footprint in there and yeah. build relationships and prove that, hey, you know what, we can compete at this level. Because yeah. ultimately, BYU's goal isn't to remain independent. They want to play, you know, among the best of the best. They want to eventually make way to a power five conference. Right. They want to be included. It's people just seem to forget that for BYU independence wasn't a, it wasn't Wasn't the end goal. Yeah. It wasn't the end goal, but also it wasn't like a, a second place prize because no, no G5 conference wanted them or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It was just a better option than going back to a G5 right. conference. Um, and so, dude, if if they can get a Power 5 invite out of this whole mess, then that is Tom Holmo's Sistine Chapel. That is his, yeah. that is his Mona Lisa. And yeah. I think if he can pull it off, that'd be great. The only doubt that I have is the Big 12, Bullsby in particular, they seem to have no idea how to take advantage of uh, opportunities that mm-hmm. come their way. Yeah. Um, because for Pete's sake, they they still only have 10 members right. for a Big 12 conference. Right. And so, dude, I don't think it's anything's going to happen, to be yeah. honest. I'm not optimistic. Yeah. So, I don't know. How optimistic are you that something's going to happen? I'm hopeful. Yeah. I mean, I just, so, like, we're not supposed to be fans of, like, the teams that we cover. But it's kind of hard when, like, every team that we cover, you kind of, like, not, like, camaraderie because you're not, like, you know, like, you're not equals with these kids. But you kind of gain, like, an affinity for them. Yeah, for any school. For any school. Like, it, it goes for high school kids, like, I love seeing these high school kids succeed and going on to like, you know, 
make great plays and getting opportunities to like play at the next level or you know doing something that like makes their school and their parents and their families proud and their yeah. friends and you know just accomplishing stuff like it's really cool to, to just see like storylines develop over a season yeah and when you follow guys like you know starting as like a freshman in high school there's a lot of guys mm. that we followed all the way through and now they're in their careers at BYU right and man it, it's hard to see these guys who are like seniors now like Matt Bushman Kyrus Tonga mm-hmm. um Zane Anderson Troy Warner like these dudes who have given a lot on the yeah. field you know they've they've battled through injuries they battled through the 4 and 9 season like mm-hmm. they've been through a lot and then specifically for Matt and Kyrus, like they had an opportunity to go play at the NFL. Yeah, they came back. And they came back because they believed in what BYU was doing. They were excited to play this schedule, and all of a sudden they come back and um, things are just falling apart. I mean, BYU's practicing right now. They just started practice on Monday. Mm-hmm. They have no idea what their week <laughs> yeah. one opponent's going to be. They don't know when they're going to play. As of right now, their first game is scheduled for the first week of October. Yeah. The first week of October, they were supposed to start the first week of September. They have four weeks that have disappeared off of their schedule. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, it's kind of heartbreaking to see that happen. Like, you really feel for these kids, like, you know, all that they've yeah. sacrificed and everything. And, you know, I would feel the exact same way if it happened to Utah, mm-hmm. if it happened to Utah State, if it happened to Weber State, Dixie State, Southern Utah. It's a tough pill to swallow. Yeah. And so I, I hope that whatever works out is in that Tom Homo can do what's in the best interest for his student athletes, that he can deliver an opportunity for them to actually play their season. Yes. Um, and just have, a, you know, no matter how many opportunities it is, whether it's 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, yeah. chances to suit up in their BYU uniforms one last time. I think, you know, I think every team has this attitude, but BYU more so this year than any other year. I think they have the attitude of we're going to play anyone, anytime, anywhere. Right. Just give us a chance. Yeah. So hopefully Tom can get Tom Homo can get that done. Yeah, for sure, dude. I, I'm just going to try and remain optimistic. We'll see what happens. Um, even though we're not that much older than all these guys, they do feel like kids to us. I went to high school with some of these kids that are still playing there, (laughs) but like, you know, covering them from high school, like you said, so it just makes me feel very paternal in that sense. Yeah. No, and, I totally get that. Uh, speaking of paternity, do you want to do some dad advice? Let's go. Okay. So, um, man, Hema, what's new with like you? So you were in Denver last week. You got yes. a chance to spend time with a paternal figure in your life. Mm-hmm. What, uh, what dad advice do you have? What dad advice are you seeking? What dad advice do you have? That's a good. Tell okay. us what you got. So that's a good question. I got to spend some time with my pops, my dad. Um, it's you know they moved to Denver last year, and so we don't see them as much as we used to. We used to go over to their house every Sunday for like Sunday dinner and yeah. hang out for a little bit or whatever. So on my trip, and you can hear this in the pod, the second half of the other, the two part podcast that we did. Um, I got to sit down with my dad, and they got to you know see their grandkids and mm-hmm. chat a little bit about um, what it was like for him uh, playing at BYU. But in doing so, I kind of just realized that, you know what, like spending time with your dad as you get older becomes harder. And um, because you both have such busy lives. And so to just treasure those kind of moments. And I actually remembered that piece of advice when I was driving home from Colorado, because for the last three hours of the drive, all three of my kids were screaming <laughs> in the van. And I was just like, you know what? Enjoy this time. Enjoy these moments because they don't last very long. And so when I got home, like home, home, um, I decided to do something fun um, with my kids. And we pitched a tent in the backyard and me and my um, two older kids got to go quote unquote camping oh, and awesome. they had a blast and it was really fun. And, um, we told ghost stories. Oh yeah. And obviously they're not scary ghost stories because I wanted to get some sleep that right. night. But, uh, my son, we told him to, to come up with the scariest story you can think of. And if you go to my Instagram at X underscore hems, you can 
read in my stories his I recorded him telling his story and that was fantastic. And so my dad advice for this week is just enjoy the time you have with your kids. Your kids really will enjoy anything you do with them. And so, um, yeah, just enjoy those kind of things. It's not really a, I don't know, specific dad advice, but yeah, you'll see Zachary when you have more than one kid, it's uh harder and harder to be patient. But yeah, no, I, I get that. Um, so, I'm not, yeah, again, I'm not looking specifically for, like, advice here, but, because mm-hmm. I overcame it. I, I accomplished something. <laughs> let's, um, let's hear it. So, my son, last week, he's really good about, like, napping. Mm-hmm. He has a very good sleep schedule. He sleeps through the night. Like, we've never had real problems with him sleeping through the night or anything. Right. Predictability so, is so, so nice. Oh, totally. Like, I, I totally have, like, my schedule set up, like, every day. So, like... Usually, so, like, my days off from work are Monday and Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Usually, I cook dinner on Monday and Tuesday. So, like, while he's napping is my time to, like, start prepping the food because mm-hmm. I like to, like, smoke stuff on my smoker. Yeah. Um, and so, like, I really cherish that time. Like, it, it's very important to me. It's, like, my me time, like, mm-hmm. my my self-soothing, you know, like, self-care. It's therapeutic, yeah. Yeah, Cooking. it's therapeutic to just kind of have, like, a little bit of quiet time. I also use it as, like, an opportunity to, like, run and exercise and, mm-hmm. like, lift. Um, I'm trying to be, you know, I did a really good job. I mentioned that I lost some weight during the quarantine, but um, I've kind of fallen off the wagon a little bit, but I've been trying to run every day. <laughs> yeah, that's and so, good. Um, yeah, I kind of really look forward to that time. As much as I love spending time with my son, like, Love them to death, but yeah, you need a break sometimes. You need a little bit of a break sometimes because sometimes they're very needy. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, so last week my son did not nap for like nine straight days, and I was like <sighs> losing my mind. And he like started waking up earlier. Okay, so he normally wakes up at like at like eight ish, which is manageable for me. But he started waking up at like six forty five, six thirty, seven o'clock, and so like oh. that extra hour like makes a big difference for yeah. me. Yeah. And so it was pretty rough. Um, I was, like, getting to the point where I was, like, kind of, like, losing my patience a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But we just kind of kept pushing it and forcing him to stay in his crib for that time that he would normally nap. And mm-hmm. we overcame the beast. Did he get back on track? He's back on track so far. So it, nice. I think we're three days in, four, day, four days now that he has napped in a row. And it's been glorious. That's I've, awesome. I have enjoyed it. But... um. Yeah, it's been kind of interesting, though, because it's kind of made him, it made him really cranky not getting that Mm. sleep. Yeah. And so he's been, like, um, he's getting to the point now where, like, he's playing with other kids, and he usually plays pretty good, Um, but, like, we have some neighbors across the street. Like, they have a a son who's, like, a couple months younger than him and um, a daughter who's, like, a year and a half older than him. Okay. he he was like outside playing with like a bubble machine and they came over and they were walking by and they saw the bubbles. So they wanted to come and play with the bubbles too. Mm-hmm. Anyway, my son, he's not really around other kids. We don't have like, he doesn't have any cousins. Mm. Um, Like obviously with like any social engagements, like being canceled, like right. there's no opportunities for him to like socialize with kids and like at the park or in like an ecclesiastical setting, mm-hmm. you know, like nursery. Um, Anything like that. So he doesn't really know how to, like, play with other kids. And, like, he just knows how to play with mom and dad. And, like, we right. kind of play rough with him. And, like, we let him play rough because, you, you can know, take it. we can take it. Right. So a lot of times, and you can, Hemi, you're sitting across from me. I have a scratch on my face. Like, yeah, I he saw scratched that. me <laughs> on the face. And, you know, like, I tell him no, but, you know, he doesn't understand. But I guess he uh, started pulling the girl across the street's hair. Oh, and geez. is laughing because he doesn't realize. Yeah, he doesn't see what he's doing. What yeah. he's doing. And so my wife's like, no, no, no. And he's like, oh, what did I do? Like, why is mom telling me no? And so he gets all upset. Right. And so we have kind of had to, like, put our foot down a little bit and, like, teach him, like, hey, when you do this to someone, it hurts. So we've like, had to, like, show him yeah. back. <clears throat> so I guess so he was, like, pulling my wife's hair. And so my wife, like, pulled on his hair back. And he realized that hurt. Right. And so he's not pulling hair anymore. Or, like, he came up and, like, smacked me while I was sitting on the couch. And so I went and I gave him a little <laughs> tap on the on the bottom. Yeah. And he got upset and he realized, 
hey, that hurts. I need to stop doing that. And yeah. so, um, yeah. Uh, that teaching makes sense. your kids stuff like that kind of sucks. Yeah. Because, like, you ha- they have to learn by experience, like, especially if they, like, don't play with other kids very often. Because, like, mm-hmm. there's not someone else that's, like, going to pull his hair, you know? Right. But he can't do that to other kids. Right. And so, like, you just kind of have to, like, teach them. And I feel really bad about it because it's like not nice and he gets <laughs> you really gotta upset, do it but like he's learning and yeah. he hasn't like smacked anyone or like pulled hair since mm-hmm. which is good because he did it quite a bit <laughs> yeah so i so, uh, hendrix my oldest he kind of went through that phase yeah and granted i have like um nephews and stuff that can um dish it out too he has a cousin a second cousin but we call him cousin that is like the same age and basically me and my cousin his the kid's dad we agreed we're like if they start fighting just let them fight because they'll both figure out that it sucks to fight yeah and uh yeah that's how that's how we learned it that's the only way you can teach that lesson man i feel you um yeah yeah uh that's it for sports that's it for everything this week right when's the next jazz game uh they play saturday at one so i guess yeah technically tomorrow By the time people listen to this, it'll be yeah. Friday, so. I don't even know what day it is. Yeah. Dude, it's your first day back. <laughs> I know. Come on. I didn't even, yeah, I don't even know what day I'm it is. I'm surprised you made it into work today. I'm proud of you. Thank you. It was <laughs> rough. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, as you were saying, that's all we got for this uh, week's, ep- this Thursday's episode. We'll be back, I guess, on Sunday. Yeah. Or a quick pod. Yeah, we're going to be back to our regular schedule, Thursdays and Sundays. So We'll figure out something to talk about. I mean, we'll have a a couple more jazz games to talk about. I'm sure something's going to happen. Yeah. Something's going to happen. Something crazy will happen. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, thank you, everybody, for listening. I am Emma Hamilly Jr. He's Zachary Higgin. Good night, everybody.